0: Alabama We are the happy church. Yeah. We believe Jesus was happy and that He wanted us to be happy, so we just put on happiness. It doesn't matter what's going on, and we don't wait until something gets better. We just get up and say, "I'm happy today because of the Lord Jesus. If you would turn in your Bible with me to the book of John chapter 10, John chapter 10. Hallelujah. I've been ministering uh, for several weeks on a title that I say, I am happy all the time. Would you say that with me? I am happy all the time. Let's say it with a little conviction. I am happy all the time. Now that's quite a faith confession. Sometimes we use our faith and confess the mountains moved and the diseases stopped and the money cometh and such as that. But a lot of times the more applicable appropriation of our faith would be to say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a day I'm here, the Lord's already been here, and I am happy, and I will be happy all the time. You know those grump, grump people. You just never know how they're gonna come. You just don't never know what's going on in their life, and you gotta brace yourself till you see if they're having a a good day or a bad day. Do Y'all know those people. I'll introduce you. I know all of them. Hallelujah. So uh, the question for us, because we're students of the word, we're we're kingdom people. We want to do it the kingdom way because we believe we believe that there is no better life for us than the one that the Lord has ordained and orchestrated and planned out. In other words, his life is the best life there can be. And if we want the best life that can be, we're going to find out what his plan is. We're going to be at that place. We're going to go to that church. We're going to have that job. We're going to do what we're going to do because of the Lord. And a lot of it is this. We don't have to know a lot how to pray or hear from God. We just, we get into this. But there's particular things that he wants to tell us about our particular day in our life so that everything turns out Amazing. I like that. I like everything turning out amazing. And that's what it says in Romans chapter eight. It says, all things work together for good for those of the called and uh, that that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Everything turns out amazing. And then if you go to the perfection of that in a faith statement, you would say, everything is just right. That's a real faith statement. Everything is just right. Well, wait a minute. We got to talk about what's going on today. Everything is just right. And we're changing circumstances and, and things going on around us. We're changing it to conform to our world rather than us get up and say, I wonder what's going to happen to today. We get up and tell what today's going to happen. So my question, here's my question for a, a church or a people that that want to be happy all the time. That if we would measure the standard, in other words, would you say of yourself, I am often happy? I get happy all often. It, it's yes, I have happy moments, but there's an implication there that I have moments that not so good. And so we would say, because I'm happy often, a lot of times I'm happy. I've got a good attitude. I'm not mad at anybody or uh, upset with the Lord or anything. I'm happy a lot. But as we would all give way to the world, we'd say, but sometimes it gets me and I get under something and I just I just can't stand it. And the devil knows how to pull my push my buttons. And so we would say, I'm not happy all the time. But I want to explore this morning the Bible standard. And say, I'm happy all the time. The Bible standard is I am happy all the time. So it just. It's up to you and me whether I want to change. If I want to go with my personality, if I want to go with my decisions, that I decided to uh, marry her and live here and work there and go to this church and everything. I navigated my life to the best place of happiness that I could produce. But what if there was a thing in our lives, an experience where you said, it goes my way every time, all the time. Now, that would be unusual. And you know, as Christians, we want to be humble about it. We don't want to say everything works out for us and that we're special. But everything does work out for us and we are special. So I want to prove that. Uh, I want want us to go to a place in, in the scriptures where we say, I don't have any down days. I have no down days. Oh, that's bodaciously bold. I have no down days. I have no depression, ever. Don't let me step on your toes. I have no disappointments. I have no disappointments. I am never disappointed. I am never disappointed. Disappointment never happens to me. Now, would you like to go there? Would that help us be happy if we had no disappointments? How about uh, no hurt feelings? Boy, that's a tough one. Now that one we would have to, we'd have to have a little heavenly help for all these, but certainly not to have hurt feelings. How about uh, being happy like Barry and Melissa have already testified? How about new car, got a new car happy? What if you could do every day and be new, got a new car happy? I'd like that. Y'all, y'all smelled a new car lately? Y'all drove one, everything's tight. Everything, you know, is, it's just it's amazing how we put up with an old car because we hadn't been in the new one. We think, ah, we got there the same. Well, a new car is fun no matter what. A Jaguar passed me the other day. I was going every bit of the speed limit and probably two miles over. And I was standing still. I was broke down in the middle of the interstate when this Jaguar went around me. And it's like... You're going to get there just like me, but I, they were feeling fine. They were feeling fine. How about I paid off my house happy? You remember that, or you, you're looking forward to that? Like, that was the day. That was the day we paid off our house. It's the day that we paid off our car. If you've been making car payments all your life, or most of your life, or a lot of your life, getting that thing paid off is a great day. Do you remember? It? It's a happy day. How about your birthday? And everybody showed up with just what you wanted. That would be a miracle day, actually. Uh, how about a check in the mail? I wrote this down. How about I got a check in the mail? It doesn't matter if it's just $20 or $300. It is so cool to get a check in the mail. When I go out to get the mail, uh, if Deborah's in, in the house or wherever, she'll say, bring back a check in the mail. How about this one? Now, I don't know if y'all can remember this far back. They fell in love happy. That's when none of us could talk to you. None of us could deal with you. None of you were just in another planet. She'll be back. He'll be back soon. But they're in love. So I like how about I got a really good happy news. Happy. Got good news. Got good news. If it's some prognosis or diagnosis and you're waiting on a call or if it's some job that you've interviewed for and you got a call and you got good news. A good news happy. Do you all remember that? Are, are we touching that, any of that? Have you, did, we, did we hit everybody here that said, I know what that feels like. It's a, it's a happy all over. It's, a, it's an intense and it's a complete happiness. You still got troubles here. You still got uh, issues here. But right there in the middle of it all, I am happy. I got my car paid for And I believe, now this is the stretch, I believe it's scriptural to have all of this. Would y'all say amen? amen? If I could prove it, if I could go to the Word and prove that Jesus wants you to be happy all the time. Now I've been preaching this message now for six weeks. This is number seven. And I can't tell, I don't know, you would know, if it's changed anything about your happiness level. If the scriptures, if the exhortation, if the persuasion has made you say, i got to quit being a grump grump. i got to quit having days where the news affects how I act and how I feel. i I got to gotta take on a perspective that, that I am not floating down the river and where the river goes is where I go, but that I am paddling the stream that goes to the good place. Now, it's either a very powerful message... Or it's benign, not going to change. It's going to be like it is and always has been and always will be. Well, we can't do much with you. But if you want to know how to be happy all the time, which you do, you'll pay attention to this. In John 10, 10, the Lord Jesus is speaking a very powerful statement here. And uh, he's telling us why he came. Now, before we read the scripture, let me just tell you that he didn't come for the reason that almost all Christians think that he came. And if you've heard, if you ever asked somebody, why did Jesus come? They will tell you generally he came to forgive sin. And they would tell you that's why he came. He came to set men free to forgive. And he's going to do that by forgiving their sin and he came so people would go to heaven, could go to heaven. And they'd be very confident in that. But that wouldn't be true. That would be the result. That would be the end of it. That would be what happened. But that's not why he came. And if you come for a different reason than just the result, there might be other reasons why you came. Let's read uh, verse uh, 10. Let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can. Ready, read. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Now, why did Jesus come? Well, he came to give us life. Give us life. Well, what about this other stuff? Well, to get forgiven of your sin, you got to have life. If you get forgiven of your sin today, and you're still a sinner guess what tomorrow's full of sin if you're a sinner and you you get forgiven of your sin you're just a forgiven sinner and so that means this afternoon this evening and tomorrow you're going to sin again and you're going to be in the same bad spot but what if he came to give us life what kind of life I have come that they might have life. That word life is the word zoe. And it means, if you look it up, it means life as God has it. And they might have it more abundantly. Well, there's no need in putting that, but it's an exaggeration. It's an extreme. When Jesus comes to give you the life that God has, you got everything there ever will be. But then he said, "Ah, let's just, let's just emphasize it and say, and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. So that means, one thing it might mean is, I've come that you might be happy all the time. Do y'all know any grumpy Christians that have been forgiven and saved and delivered from hell, from sin, from torment, but they're not happy? Y'all know those people? Unhappy Christians are everywhere. Matter of fact, sometimes a dull sinner doesn't even know there is or believe there is a devil or hell or anything. They're happier than Christians that have been forgiven. I know those people. So this would change everything if we knew the true meaning or the order of how it came. Now, if we went to John 3, 16, and we could, it's right there seven seven chapters back, we would see that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Why? "...that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life." Well, that word life there is zoe, and it's the life God has. Well, how long does God's life last? Well, it's everlasting. But if you're a sinner, you never receive Jesus, you never get born again, you're dead in your trespasses and sins... Does that end? Does your life end? Does your existence end when you lose your body, when you get put in the ground? goes forever, doesn't it? In other words, there's a hell that goes forever, just like there's a heaven that goes forever. So actually, in John 3, 16, but have life everlasting, that's, that's a mistranslation. Now, I don't want to get my audience all wonked up here, but what it means is, it's turned around, it means the life of the everlasting That would make it fit verse 10. Instead of long life, you're going to live forever, which is not really peculiar to Christians. Sinners are going to live or exist forever. Are you all here? So the true translation would be just to change it around and say, live the life of the everlasting. Well, what kind of life is that? Well, it's, the same life that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. What kind of life is that? The life of the everlasting, the life of God. So that means there's more to being born again than just getting a ticket to heaven. If he came to give his life, what kind of life is there? Is it, is, did God just have a life of, of living in heaven and it's no more? No, he, he's got everything. Everything that is good and right, God's living in it, has it, and he's transmitted it to us through the Lord Jesus. So when I got born again, I didn't just get a ticket out of hell and a ticket to heaven. I got a new life. And if you have the life of the everlasting, the life of God, would you think, would you agree with me that that would be a happy life? That Jesus is not saying... Dadgummit, it's Thursday. I always dread Thursdays because they have meatloaf down at the heavenly cafe and I just hate meatloaf. Too many onions. You know, Jesus just doesn't have a bad day. It's just, and he said, I have come. Why have you come, Lord Jesus? Why did you say, why would you present to us why you came? I've come to give you the life of the Father, which is also operating in me. I have come to bring you that. Well, what about heaven? We're not talking about that. If you get my life, you will naturally, that'll be a part of the package of going to heaven. Well, what about forgiveness of sin? Well, if you get my life, the life of the everlasting, sin shall not have dominion over you, Romans says. Oh, so this is an inclusive package. It's not just forgiveness of sin. Because I'm telling you to be forgiven of your sin is a great thing, but you can't cash it in until you die. I mean, it's like you tuck it away, you put it in a place, in a safe place, and you say, when I die, this, this, this little testimony in my heart of I've received Jesus, I'm going to heaven. And we go, yay. Well, how old are you? Well, I'm 17. How long are you going to live? Till 87. Well, we got 70 years of just saying the benefits of Jesus are someday, some way, I'm not going to hell. And that just seems short-sighted. And according to the word, it is. He said, I've come and your life doesn't begin when you leave this earth. It begins now. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Matter of fact, I looked it up in the Passion Translation. I knew you'd want to know. It says a thief only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy but I came to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness. Let me read it again. More than you expect. Well, that would be true, wouldn't it? Christians uh, yeah. Christians have not tapped out more than you can expect. They, they're, they're struggling. They're having a hard time. They're just like the world. They worry about stuff that the world worries about because all they have different than the world in their mind is, is that when this thing's over, when the curtain goes down, I'm going to heaven, and all you heathen are going to hell. But I'm going to heaven, and it's a big nine ninety new new. Y'all know what that means. You know I got something you ain't got, na nanny new new. But it, we, it's so much more than that. So he goes on to say, I but I came to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life it's in its fullness until you overflow. Oh, my. Now, that's a whole nother dimension that that his life would come in and affect us in such a way that only not only do I overflow for me, but I overflow for everybody around me. I know y'all know this, but not everybody knows this. So we're going to say it and we're all going to say amen. The Amplified says, I came that they may have and enjoy life. Say happy all the time. That, you may, that I've come that you may, they may have and enjoy life. That would be enjoy life. It didn't say Tuesdays and Thursdays. It didn't say the weekends are off. He said, I've come that they might have and enjoy life. So every day we have a unhappy life is a day we're not living in Zoe life. It's a day that we're living below our privileges. So that day that back in, back in uh, 2014 when you got the news and you were depressed for several weeks and you just couldn't get out of your funk and you just couldn't, nobody could deal with you and you just lost touch with people and you were grumpy and, and everything, that was sin. It wasn't that you had bad news and you were justified to, to be cranky and, and upset and unmanageable. It was sin. Because he said, I've come that you would never have a cranky, bad day, week, or month. I have come that you wouldn't, and you had one anyway. He said, I've come to abound in your money, so you won't have to steal. But there's thieves everywhere. It's sin, isn't it? The uh, New Living Translation, my purpose. I, I pay attention when the Lord said, my purpose to come. We need to know that. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, I'm going to spend a few minutes on this because we don't know this because we don't believe this. Everybody in here, everybody on broadcast is trying right now at this moment, you're trying to listen to me and revert back to, yeah, but. Yeah, but that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work to be happy every day. And I, I, just, I just want to go to heaven, wherever the line is. I want to just get over that line where he says, Well done, or pretty good, thou good and faithful, pretty faithful servant. In other words, I'm happy with being often happy, but then we'd have to lump you in with the world that's often happy. What have you got, Christian? If you're just grumpy and depressed and having bad days and moody and and, uh, uh, just kind of aloof and and whatever people are, what have you got that the world doesn't have? Because they have good days. Do y'all know the world's good days? Yay, let's go eat lunch. Do y'all know the world's bad days? Step back from the person, step back, step back. So we gotta be different than them and the new birth makes us different. The new birth changes everything. And it's not a someday, some way. It's right now. When I got born again, I got it all. Did you get it all? God's God's still working on me. No, he's not. He gave it all. He put everything inside of you. Well, where is it? We have to access it. We have to believe it. If you don't have an, an abundant, let me read it again. A rich and satisfying life. The Beck says to have it overflowing in them. That's happy all the time. I have just proved from the word of God that if we're not happy all the time, we're living below our inheritance. We are choosing to be carnal when we're grumpy, when we're disappointed, when someone makes us mad, when it doesn't turn out like we thought, when the devil comes by and just slaps the snot out of you and we just get mad, 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 and we just don't like this, and I'm not going to church, and I'm not giving to them, and all the things that we all walk around that's negative and worldly, he took it away. I knew y'all would like this. (laughs) I came to say, be happy all the time, and everybody's... (laughs) Not me and not today. I mean, it's not like, okay, you got to go to the salt mine or you got to put the top rock on the pyramid every week. This is, this is good news. This is good news. That if I can choose to go the happy way, the Lord said, I've already paved it and put you on it. I can choose. I have to choose, but I had to choose Jesus to get born again. I have to choose to let healing come into my body. I have to choose a lot of stuff. So I'm saying, let me just project this. This is going to be my my most provocative message in this series. Make everybody unhappy when you tell them to be happy all the time. (laughs) That made them mad. (laughs) It's, It's not good enough. Your happiness level is not good enough until the word says it's good enough. So being often happy, easily entreated to be happy, a happy personality. There's people that are just grumpy. Sometimes it's us. We're just we're just negative. No matter what you say uh, to them, they're against it. When you first say it, they're against it, but you go back in three days and they'll say, well, yeah, I, I like that. And you go, well, you didn't three days ago. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I just, I was busy. I was thinking negative, 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 carnal. Just, you just can't make them happy. Here's $100. Well, do you have more than that? It's just, just worldly worldly and they're not happy and so when you're not happy on a day you're not happy you've burned that day you were useless worthless there was no value to you the Lord couldn't send you to somebody's life because you were unhappy and that spirit gets off on everybody that you would go to make happy which is what we call the good news I may have a good time this morning. I've got 40 minutes till the clock runs out. So would it be sin or would it be displeasing to the Lord for us to override the word and say, I know what it says. I heard what you said, but I'm choosing to be have my unhappy days because there's a certain pleasure in gossip. There's a certain pleasure in being sick. There's a certain pleasure in poverty. Oh, it's the victim thing. It's the poor pitiful me, and it's pet me, and I need, I need y'all to look at me. But that's anti-word. That's not what the word, you don't have that right to do that, to be a victim, to be uh, someone that's whooped and someone that's not having a good day. The Lord does not give room to that. So what would it be in the Bible? What would you say the Bible thing would be to be happy all the time? What scripture or what place besides this one could you read and say, you know, the Lord does want me to be happy all the time? Well, I'm glad you asked. Please turn to Ephesians chapter three. Now, you know, we're sticklers for the word. Just don't throw stuff out there and say, I think it's this way or I I believe it's that way. We want to hear the Word of God. I said, we want to hear the Word of God. Because we intend to obey the Word. We intend to check every opinion. The Bereans, it says, we, we looked up the Word to see if those things be so, says in Acts. But we... So we're that way. It's like, show me the Word. If, now listen, if I'm going to change my life, I want it to be according to the Word of God. I don't want to change because your opinion... I remember Granny uh, Hixie, Debbie's grandmother, she told the story one time where she was 75, I guess, and uh, she was going to a Pentecostal, a Church of God, Assembly of God uh, ladies meeting. A bunch of them were anyway. And she went in there with her Bible, and she had on fire engine red fingernails. And the comment that was after the meeting uh, among the ladies that said, she was real nice for someone that wore red fingernail polish. You just didn't do that. You just didn't do that. You just didn't bob your hair and, and uh, whatever else people did back then and be holy. She, she was real good for someone that's wearing red fingernail polish. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. We're, we're, in the, we're, we're, we're getting into a discourse here that's ongoing. We'd have to go all the way up to verse 1 to, to get to the beginning. So we're just going to stop here in verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, so he's telling you and me, we should know the love of Christ. What love is that? Which passeth under uh, knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Would you all agree that would be a happy day? Let me read it again. To know the love of Christ. That's a happy day. Whatever, whatever, you know, to know the love of Christ, whatever. No. Which passes knowledge. Why? That ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a bodacious statement. What a wild-eyed, off-the-wall, can't-believe-they-said-it statement to say that ye may be filled with the fullness of God. Well, if the word says you ought to be filled with the fullness of God, you would have to say we would be happy all the time. Oh, <laughs> we agree here? There's no cranky fullness of God. I got that. I'm filled with the fullness of God. <laughs> Verse 20. Now unto him. This is, we just got filled with the fullness of God. And now unto him that is able... Filled with the fullness of God to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that ye that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I would say that God wants you happy, filled with his fullness and then gives you a blank check. He said, I've signed it. That's my signature on the bottom, the bottom of it. And uh, I want you to fill in the amount. Oh, Lord, what if I overdraw you? He said, I got it covered. I got reserves. I got this thing covered. Whatever you can ask, add 10%. Whatever you can think, meditate or imagine, just add 20%. Just, just whatever you can think of. Well, Lord, I want this and I want to do that and I want to become this and I want to help with that. He said, uh, we can do better than that. You're, you're, you're a little small in your thinking, you're asking. We'll do better than that, but for sure we'll get that. I, I, what makes you happy? If that doesn't make you happy, if you're going, well, I need a little more. What? What could you ask for more than exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think? What? You you just tap out your thinking, and and then you say, but I want more. Well, just ask for more. We're backed into a corner here. we got to be happy. We're going to have to be happy all the time. The Passion Version. Oh, get ready. Buckle up. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. How much? All this. He will achieve. He will achieve. God said, I will achieve infinitely more, infinitely more, how much more? A bunch more than your greatest request. What request? The best one you got. And your most unbelievable, bodaciously unbelievable dream. And I will exceed your wildest imagination. So what are you thinking about? every day to make you happy. You want a Dairy Queen Sunday, a Blizzard? You want, the, you want a... a, a, a what, what do you want? You want to go out to the steakhouse and have this ribeye come out and it's got everything and you go, that would make me happy. What is it that you could dream and say happy day would be if I had all this and could do all that? He said, I got it. What is it that you think would make you happy? He said, I will meet that and exceed that. I'm making a case this morning out of the word of God to be happy all the time. And eviscerate those excuses, those carnal and human and weak and frail excuses that says I have a right to be unhappy today because of what they said, what they did, what they didn't say, what they promised to do. I'm just mad as hops. Shame on you. I got to go on. It's still more. He will outdo them all. Now here it is, here it is. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Let's say that together, first person. His miraculous power constantly energizes me. Now my point, my whole point, the the topic of this whole thing is that you cannot be happy without the supernatural in your life. I said... The word says you need the supernatural to be happy. And if you don't, if you're a Christian, I'm born again, I'm going to heaven, I am a shiny penny on the street. I, 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 I shine back. If you don't have the supernatural in your life, if you just are content to read the Old Testament and see how the Red Sea parted and how all those things, and you go, that was real good, makes real good stories. And you go to Acts and you see how uh, all these things were happened supernaturally, and you go, well, that's passed away. Well, then, then you don't have the supernatural in your life. When God does bring the supernatural, despite our our resistance, which He does. Do y'all know He will bring you stuff even when you're not looking for it or even want it? He will. He will do exceeding abundantly above. He He will. He will. Then, if we say, "But that wasn't God. That would have happened anyway," you're a hard case but he'll just keep bringing it because he wants you happy. Jesus paid the price for it and happy is the supernatural. And I'll tell you from experience, and I think you'll agree that you've never been happier in your life than when you were ministering to somebody in the supernatural. You were praying for them. You were laying hands on them. You were were encouraging them out of of the overflow of, of exhortation and good works. And it was supernatural. You went out of your body, you went out of your soul, and you got in the spirit. So I say, you can agree or not, that you cannot be truly happy all the time until you have the supernatural intervening in your life. It makes us happy. Turn with me to First Thessalonians. You didn't think I was through, did you? No, 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 we we knew he wasn't through. First Thessalonians chapter five. Now, you know this verse, but let's just read it for the record. Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, he said uh, in verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, now here's, here's a Bible principle, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and, be, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus. So he tells us right there in an aside that we are three-part beings, that I am a spirit, that you are a spirit, that you see my body, you hear my soul, but I am not that. I am a spirit, and I live in a body and I possess a soul. Well, how many souls got saved? Well, that's, that's jargon, but that's not really what happens. Souls don't get saved. Now, in the Old Testament, they didn't know about the Spirit, so it was a soul, but we're born again in our spirit. We're born again in our spirit. So what you do in your flesh doesn't matter if you're born again in your spirit. So, I'm a spirit, you're a spirit, and here it is. I'm in the God class of creation. Now, I I can tell you, stink bugs are not in the God class of creation. Skunks, not even close. Snakes, way back. Frogs, we have no use for them. Fleas, chiggers, and gnats, flies. I don't know who made them. I mean, I do, but, uh, you know. But, but you and me, we're not just creation. We're in the God class of creation. We're made just like him. In the likeness and similitude of God were we made. So, uh, listen to this. I'll just read it to you. Romans 7, 18 says, listen to what Paul said. Listen to what Paul said. He said, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So you and I are not impressed by our flesh. No good thing means it can't please God. What you do in your flesh, what you don't do in your flesh. You get drunk as a skunk, it doesn't bother God. It bothers us. (gasps) A Christian got drunk or smoked. It's terrible. The wages of sin is death. And what you sow is what you reap. And it's a hard life to live in sin. But it doesn't bother God. Because Jesus thinks, well, I can't go here. Jesus thinks he solved the sin problem. What's the sin problem? Well, the man who sins must surely die. That's in the Old Testament. The man who sins must surely die. Do you all know The wages, if you sin one time, you fell short of the glory of God and you are you're supposed to go to hell. But Jesus took our place. He identified with sin so we could identify with righteousness. So uh, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So I can't please God with my flesh and I can't displease God with my flesh. Then it says in Romans 12, too, you know this verse. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So my mind is not made in the God class because I have to transform it. Is that right? My mind, I, I think right sometimes and not so much other times. And then I find out when I thought I was right, actually I wasn't that right. So it's not that. But listen, now listen, when you're born again, you're perfect in your spirit. Sin can't touch your spirit. Sin cannot touch your spirit. The Bible says we're sealed. And you, the devil can't, sin can't touch your spirit. So when, when somebody says, Well, he healed my broken spirit, I think we have a song that sings that. Well, that's wrong. We don't have a broken spirit, we have a born again spirit. Well, how's that? Well, that when you're, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away, and all, behold, all things have become new. So, we're, we're, once you're born again, you're good. Now, this flesh, not that good. This mind will think things that are unmentionable. Yes. You've thought them, I've thought them, yes. and we, we're not telling nobody what we thought. So what is it about our spirit man? Everyone inside, everyone holds the hope of a miraculous and supernatural intervention in their life. Rank sinners that are under the bus, under the jail, under the whatever—they're condemned in every way. They don't know God. They just even in them, they they don't know it in their head, but even in them, they are hoping for a divine intervention from the supernatural. And it's that hope that makes them happy as they can be. Without the hope of the supernatural, life is a wash. There's no hope in it. Uh, they live. People that don't have that hope of the supernatural, of God coming in, live an empty and futile life. Would you agree? Have you ever been there where you didn't think you were good enough for God to pay attention to and your situation was out of reach for Him to consider and that everything that you were going to have in your future was going to be up to you. That is hopeless. So, we got to go back to the Spirit. When we look to the Spirit, to the supernatural, we get happy. That's when you're happiest. Not because you get ice cream. We ate all the, the bluebell. Chocolate chip. What's it called? Well, it's good. It's good for you. I can tell you. And when it was gone, we were down to just plain old vanilla, which was still pretty good. <clears throat> I want to I turn to one more scripture and then I'll be through. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Can y'all go there one more time? Listen, I'll let you have Wednesday off if you'll go there. If you'll, if you'll take me up on Wednesday... Uh, Sunday, I'll let you go. Look at this scripture; it's 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 powerful. All this stuff's powerful. Now you may not change. You'll hear me. Hear, you'll hear these scriptures. You'll hear the word, and I'm exhorting you to put on a different attitude. I'm I'm exhorting you to not use the flesh for an excuse, not to say, well, you know, we're not. Nobody's perfect. In your spirit, you are. Ah, that's kind of bold. Well, if, if Jesus made you in his image, you're pretty good. And how are you going to go to heaven if your spirit man needs work? If you're not good, how are you going to get in heaven? Because everybody in heaven has got to be right, holy, Godward. There's nobody sneaking in there saying, you know, I, I don't really deserve to be here. First, second Corinthians 416 for which cause we 're making a case for the supernatural, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, say body, body. our outward man perish, yet the inward man, say spirit, spirit. is renewed day by day Wow, so we are. On the outside, going one way, but on the inside, we're going the other way. For our light affliction, that's talking about adversity and pressure in the world, our light affliction, the thing that we all contend with every day, which is but for a moment. But our light affliction worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, we know that's not in our bodies. Weight of glory is not in our bodies, it's in our spirit man, isn't it? Things are happening. And then he explains it. He says, verse 18, while we look not, take aim at the things which are seen, which would be the flesh, wouldn't it? It'd be the natural realm. It'd be the worldly realm. We don't look at the things which are seen. What do we look at, Paul? But at the things which are not seen. Why? For the things which are seen are temporal. Uh, Brief, fleeting, and passing away is what the Amplified says. They're temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm having a better day already. Because, okay, well, look at your body. Your body's this, and your body's going through that, and they're going to do this, and you've got to have that to fix it, and you're in this, that, and the other. I'm getting better on the inside, no matter what's going on the outside. And it's the inside man, if I'll access the inside man, that will get the outside man fixed. Now, we go to doctors. I've been to a bunch of them over my life. And, uh, you know, we all are glad. I tell you, we're all glad we have a backup. Medicine is our backup. It shouldn't be. It's not supposed to be. But in our, if, if we put you under the truth serum you would say, I'm glad I got a doctor. And the truth is, I believe that most of us wouldn't even be here. A lot of us wouldn't even be here if it hadn't been for the medical. Praise God. But that doesn't mean we're supposed to get off the bridge. We're supposed to be moving towards uh, what saved us and delivered us in one day move to to a life of the eternal. He has come that you might have life and have life of the eternal. So... Uh, The passion says, and I will finish with this. So no wonder we don't give up. Listen, listen. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. Ah, there's a reason to be happy. Just because the outside's going south, the inside man's going north. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see difficulties as the substance that produces for us, listen, an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. So we're just looking at the wrong thing. When we have a bad day, we're looking at the wrong thing. You know the the sun is always shining above the clouds. (laughs) It's a cloudy day. Ah, it's not. It's not. It doesn't change anything. And then he goes on. He says, "We don't focus on our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary." That means there's a timestamp on everything that you and I can see. You know, you buy strawberries or you buy milk, you buy bread, and it'll say "used by May 13th" or whatever. a Timestamp. Ah. Uh, we have a timestamp in us. Things are getting better. They're getting better. Yes. So I can just tell you, I'm going to raise the bar. Psalm, says, Psalm 42 says, deep calleth to deep. You and I are yearning for the supernatural. We are yearning for the spirit man. We are pretty disgusted with our bodies or our situation in our bodies or that we're getting older, you know. Like Deborah said this morning to me, she says, It's like you used to say when you were in your 40s. We're in faith when we actually were just young. <laughs> ah, Superman! Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> ah, deep calleth unto deep. So inside of you and me, the spirit man you are, the spirit man you are, wants to and is yearning for and craves the supernatural. We are not satisfied with an accumulation of money, of fame, of power, of accomplishment. We are not satisfied with anything that we can learn or write a book or or give a speech or whatever. None of that stuff satisfies us. None of us makes us happy. What makes us happy is our spirit man calling out for spirit. So I'm going to tighten up. I'm going to tighten up. I I said I'm going to raise the bar. And that when I am tempted to not be happy, I'm going to take authority over that and change my direction. So if y'all have been cranky out there, remember the preacher said, quit being cranky. (laughs) And if he's been cranky, (laughs) well, we won't go there. Stop it. Listen to your message Sunday morning. Happy all the time. I don't know how much longer we have. I wouldn't even guess. They've asked Joe Morris, and, you know, he he doesn't know, but he says we all can know. It's not the day. I read the other day. uh, uh, This is so cool. Well, I, can't, I don't have time for that. But anyway, we can know. We can, we can know what season we're in and the coming of the Lord, which doesn't matter. We're not basing our lives on that. But we ought to be happy in the last chapter. We ought to be able to at least master that, that we're not cranky and grumpy like the world, and we're not out of sorts. And, and uh, there's a saying in my family, not, not this family, don't poke the bear. There's certain members in my family that uh, they say of... That person, don't poke the bear. Well, that just tells you somebody's not happy all the time. So, Father, we thank you for the promise of Jesus coming to give us the life that He has, nothing less. We're in these bodies, we're in this world. It's corrupt, it's degenerate, it's decaying, but we are in this world, but we are not of it. So, in our spirit man, we rejoice. And it causes the rest of our life to glow, to illuminate, to be powerful. And we put aside the weakness of this flesh. We put aside the limitations of our own soul, our education, our learning, our experience. And we say none of that matters. I'm going to rejoice and live happy every day because Jesus came that I might have his life. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. 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 Amen.